Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. This is the viewpoint here on SAFM. So earlier this year, Cyril Ramaphosa, our president, made it clear that inclusion will be an objective he intends to see come to fruition during his presidency. This is uh, commendable, but is it realistic? Jenny Ritif is of the opinion that coding alone will not prepare today's children to face the fourth industrial revolution. So that's what we're talking about, basically coding in schools. Uh, she continues to say that there should be a shift moving in to grade R and up rather than ring fencing subjects like coding and technology it would make more sense to interweave these subjects into all aspects of the school curricula also the school's infrastructure should be improved first before thinking of adding coding to the curricula. Uh, Jenny Ratif is CEO of River Sands Incubation Hub and uh, she'll be sharing her views with us on coding in schools. Uh, but remember, you can call in and engage with us on 0891-104-207 whether you'd like to share your views or ask questions to get more clarity. And uh, you can uh, voice note us on WhatsApp. Our number is 061-410-4107. You can e- uh, tweet us at SAFM Radio. Hashtag SAFM viewpoint as we try and get a hold of uh, Jenny Redeef. So uh, coding, of course, it refers to science and technology and computer programming. And, and the, well, Jenny will tell us more, but it's the process of creating and maintaining the source code of computer programs. And there's different types of that. So what do you think about coding in schools? And uh, we'll ask you in a bit. Uh, is Jenny there? Hi, Asanda. How are you doing? Yes, excellent. Thank you. Good to talk to you this evening. Awesome. Okay, so I just basically gave a brief, uh, you know, background in terms of what coding is. Uh, but let's unpack your your belief that we, you know, coding on its own is not going to prepare today's children to face the fourth industrial revolution. I think we still, you know, as some parents, maybe most of us are part of, uh, you know, Generation Z or whatever we call, they call us Gen Z, I think it is. And we still trying to wrap our heads around uh, the whole thing of even the fourth industrial revolution. And now we're talking coding. Yes, there's no question that the world of work is changing rapidly. And for our, for our youth in particular, but even for us as adults, uh, there's some quite big shifts needed for the future. Uh, it is wonderful to see a, a topic like coding getting that kind of attention from our president. But as you said in your introduction, I don't think that's enough. Um, and in particular for under-resourced schools, um, you know, if they're, Struggling with basics like electricity and connectivity, it is going to be very difficult for those kids if we simply just add on a, a subject called coding. What would it mean if, if that was implemented, in, especially in under-resourced schools, this coding? What would it mean for those children? I fear it would add a kind of another point of failure uh, for them. Whereas what we really want to do is, is give them that uh, fluency with technology. You know, they talk about digital natives being the youngsters who grow up with technology in a way where it interleaves in all aspects of their lives. And that is really what we would like even under-resourced schools to those kids to have access to. The kind of interweaving where it just, you know, instead of using a pencil and a ruler to draw up your your rainfall table in geography, you use a spreadsheet. Um, mm. They use calendaring and productivity tools for 
for reminding themselves of tasks, um, use computer-aided design tools in, um, in, in school subjects. That sort of interleaving of technology into all sorts of activities is how the workaday world is becoming more and more and what will equip them for the future. Um, but also very important is the skills that under you know, tools are something one can learn. Those will change. You know, mm-hmm. learning the tools of today, um, we probably have no idea of what's the life kind of seven years ahead um, of us. But the um, underpinning skills, things like what they talk about as computational thinking, which is really just uh, being able to recognize patterns, learning to take a big complex problem and break it down into smaller parts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those kinds of skills. If if kids are are good with those things, um, they will cope with the, the tools that we don't yet even know about. And uh, w- one thing that I think is also very important to, to remember is, yes, the fourth industrial revolution will demand huge numbers of engineers and software uh, specialists. But the, they talk about the automation paradox, whereby... In a world where there's more and more artificial intelligence and more and more robotics, some of those intrinsically human things will become even more precious, like um, intuitiveness, uh, Mm. ingenuity, uh, empathetic interaction. Those things will become even more valued as, as people in an increasingly automated world seek richer ways of connecting with others. So I think it's also important that we send a message into our schools that um, kids whose leaning is perhaps more to arts and relationship skills, people skills, um, that sort of thing is, is equally valuable and there will be many careers in that line as well. But even for those skills, uh, a fluency and comfort in using technology I think is vital. Mm. equip our, our kids for the future. So it's not that you're saying no coding. You're saying uh, coding, but not on its own, not alone. Yes, uh, that's uh, yes, that's an important uh, point to, to underline, Asanda. I'm all in favor of coding being taught in schools. It's just that if you kind of separate it off, and if you do it in a context where kids don't have access to connectivity, even to electricity, it will be learnt as this kind of theoretic topic in a box, like like we were used, like like probably the way, certainly the way when I went to school, um, you know, with subjects kind of in their separate silos. And another feature of the future world is that kind of interdisciplinary, intersubject um, use of of skills across all disciplines to solve problems. Mm. And coding should be something that spans across all of that. So absolutely, the way you, you summarise now, um, all in favour of coding being taught in schools, and and it's fabulous to to get at a pre- presidential level that it's getting this kind of attention. It's just that it needs more, and we have to help our under-resourced schools get the basics right as well. Okay, so once we've gotten those basics right and everything is in order in terms of structure, what opportunities can coding then bring forth? It's huge. Um, the the extent in which, you know, in for example, at River Sands um, Incubation Hub, where we're working with so many entrepreneurs and small businesses, even businesses that appear not to be related to technology benefit massively from uh, the, the various 
automation and productivity and workflow enhancement, which uh, an entrepreneur who is comfortable with those things and who can code um, is just so much better set up than somebody who can't. And then, of course, there's a wide range of of ways in which software engineering skills and industries in which they can be applied, which again comes back to this point of coding together with other subjects and other subject matter. And you, you see huge unlockers and multipliers when you combine that technology fluency, those coding skills with other other subject matter that you can use to, to create the world we'd like to live in. Mm. Globally, uh, I mean, it's become difficult to keep pace. I mean, wherever you're from, uh, whether you're more advanced than South Africa or not, it's still going to be difficult to keep pace in terms of the rate at which uh, technology changes. So what, you know, um, lessons can be learned from that? Is it necessarily a bad thing that we won't always necessarily be on top of the latest when it comes to technology? Or it's not so much a bad thing. It's just a given that we just go with it. Uh, it is. In fact, I think the idea that we'll be surrounded by a continuing and accelerating pace of change, um, the sooner we be comfortable with that as a norm, the better. And you're absolutely right. This is not a South African challenge. This is an international challenge. Uh, the World Economic Forum re- released a white paper recently on how to make uh, education systems more transformative. For, for readiness for the future world, a world that we don't even really know what we are preparing for. And it includes things like in school curricula that there's continual rapid review because you can't kind of keep the same syllabus for for five to ten years and then do a major restructure. You know, that we've sort of all, in every facet of our lives and our careers, need to build the idea that that change continues around us and we need to um, integrate with that and, and be, be comfortable with uh, lifelong learning, which is also something in terms of enabling educational ecosystems, um, is that the, the, the totally instructor-led, tutor-led type of, of training models are really you know, need to be only a small proportion of what's happening. We have to get more self-directed learning. And um, one of the things that the World Economic Forum paper spoke of is also earlier exposure, exposure for kids to the, to the working world. Mm. And a lot of that comes in, in giving them opportunities to solve real-world problems where they have that experience of integrating subjects, uh, content from different subjects together with the STEM subjects and their collaborative people skills. Um, to start applying things into the future. And if they have those skills, then they will very comfortably keep pace with the ongoing change because they'll be equipped to, to keep learning. Um, and, mm. and with those basic problem-solving computational thinking skills, and they'll just take the continuing evolution in their stride. Will the type of schools that, uh, you know, children go to matter in terms of whether or not they'll be able to uh, implement coding? So remedial schools and home schools, as opposed to the traditional way of schooling, who would you say in your over or outlook is more equipped to deal with coding or it doesn't really matter what, what system of school it is? I would love to, to think that it doesn't really matter, um, that the manner of implementation will differ. Sometimes in, in a home school, there 
could even be more opportunity for allowing a kid to to go further in their particular area of interest. But even then, um, I think in all the models, one can do it well and one can do it poorly. So I think mm. across all the all the models, we have to to challenge ourselves um, to to really uh, do that. Um, to really apply our minds to those enabling educational ecosystems and foster that self-directed learning across all the models. Um, it's, it's the way that we can tra- both transform South Africa's economy, give our, our youth a future, get rid of this horrific youth unemployment. If we can do those things, we set our kids up for success. To the parents who are panicking, what would you say? <laughs> um, you know, one of the things I think as adults as well is for us also to to keep our own learning journeys going. Mm. Um, at the time that I went to school, there was kind of this idea that there would be a point where you had finished studying, you know. But I think in most professional disciplines now, the idea of continuing professional development and is, is fairly entrenched. And even for us as parents, I think it's not at all unusual as a parent to peep over your kid's shoulder and see some maths or some robotics where mm. your, your eyes go quite big, you know, <laughs> and you're thinking, wow, I'm going to have to do some catch-up. Um, but if we work with our teachers, if we're willing to read and learn ourselves, if we even allow the kids to have the experience of being the teacher, there's nothing like teaching somebody to reinforce what you know. So mm. allowing your, your child to, to teach you can be both a positive for them in reinforcing their learning as Absolutely. well as a chance to catch up with it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for your time, Jenny. We appreciate it again. You're most welcome. Good night. Good night. Jenny Retief is CEO of River Sands Incubation Hub talking about coding in schools. It's nine o'clock. Let's get news from Greg Hose.